morning. This is Lisa coming to you from the Ill, the Edmund Elder Library. And today we're on page 103 of Life After Grief, Choosing the Path to Healing by Rebecca Hafer Bauer. As much as we may shape under the heaviness of the journey, grief, it requires us to lean unto Him, God, more than before, to learn more about Him and to listen more closely for His voice. Suffering is a long and difficult road to, tr- to walk. Jesus understands that. But what comes out of that journey makes all the difference in our lives and our faith and our future. Lesson. Grief is my job. During this season of my life, Rebecca says, I view grief as my job. I've already said that I had a defined goal, keeping our eyes on the place where we want to end up. That helps us to stay focused and moving forward. Still, there's the day-to-day reality of navigating through the process. There are some very practical lessons I learned that help me to do both, to keep the goal in sight, but to deal appropriately with each day. You know, I don't know. I never really thought about that. Do I have a goal? I know I want to write a book about my husband. And one day I felt impressed. I've already written. I just haven't put it all together. So I think what that means is I have taken notes. I have his some of his memories. I have some of the cards that he got. I mean, that we got at his funeral. I got some different, I got his sermons. And I got some different things here and there. Uh, um, I write into a journal every day some of my thoughts. And many times probably I'm going to find out if I would go back to write them. I probably don't need to include all of them. Because I'm sure some of them just say, I miss you. I miss you a lot. I love you. I love and miss you. You know, um, a lot of those might be repetitive, but some of them, every once in a while, I'll insert a memory. Or once in a while, I'll insert um, something that God impressed on my heart. Things of that nature. So I think that probably, perhaps, <laughs> that's the thing. Um, to take the time to go back now and to put it all into a, a form that could become a book. You know. And it may not be time yet to do that. I think, well, maybe I'll shoot for July the 23rd. That's our 40th anniversary. Maybe shoot for that for a date. Well, that's like just a little over a month away. Or say, well, maybe September the 2nd. That's the second year of his death. I don't, but it may still be too soon to write the book. I mean, to put it all together. I don't know. I know I want to, <laughs> that's the thing. I know I want to write a book. And I can't put it off forever, but I don't want to do it too soon. I don't want to just throw things together and then print it and say, oh, I should have included that. I know we could do a sequel. And I know that um, I got some more research. If I'm going to put in there, one of the things I would like to put in there is all the close calls that I know of that he had with death throughout his life. I mean, his appendix burst before I ever met him when he was was living at his parents house you know before he when he was a child I guess you could say or a teenager not even sure what age he was but I know I have that information somewhere or I can get it from his mom things like that and um you know just he had hernia surgery um he had um that he was begging God to die he just oh the pain of recovering was just miserable I think he hurt more in his recovery than he did before which is probably typical, but I remember him that he'd be begging God to take him. I'd be begging God for him not to take him. And um, that was a few years back. So when I had those those things, I want to include parts, you know, just 
he has many testimonies throughout his life. And just, I guess, highlight on those. You know, there's that song that says, if anyone, if anyone should ever write my life story, for whatever reason there might be, he'd be there. Talking about Jesus. Jesus would be there between each line of pain and glory. You know, all the good times and bad times, Jesus is there. He's there with us. And it's going to bring him glory. So when I write my memorial about my husband, a man called dot, 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 which those dots have more than one purpose. And my husband, when he writes stuff to us, he's always putting dots, eclipses. Um, or he'd start, a, when he's talking to us verbally, he'd talk and never finish his sentence. You know, a lot of times he'd, we'd have to mentally finish his sentences for him. Uh, but he also had three first names, or he had three names that was, his name was Timothy Mark, but he went by Mark, and of course our last name, Peter, which is um, a man's first name as well. And so the guy, the guy with three names, those dot, dot, dot. But anyway, I, I, I want to work on that. But that's one of my goals. One of my goals is to write his book. I feel like I am still alive for that purpose, to complete, to keep on going with our ministry, um, Hazelwood USA. Hazelwood USA is my idea for a theme park uh, for the United Pentecostal Church and for all apostolic one God believers. Um, the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church is the logo, is the motto for the United Pentecostal Church, and I added by any means, you know, through the internet, through, um, books through whatever whatever we can do to spread the gospel through this podcast through our devotionals um through ai you know if it comes whatever whatever the lord wants to use is my goal and um one day my husband and i we was driving through hazelwood missouri which is st louis area and we passed our headquarters for the united pentecostal church and he said he pointed says one day i'm going to have an office in there and that we were young. We, we hadn't been married too long when that happened. But I thought about that over the years. Well, no, we didn't ever get to go have an office in that building. But my husband, <laughs> my husband had an office here in our house of Hazelwood, USA. So, in a way, you know, God answers it different. He answers our prayers, but it's not always the way we think it's going to be. But you all hearing about my husband. See, he's still known in the gates. He's still, he's still very much part of our life because his ministry. You know, the Bible says that. It says, um, what you do for Christ will last. What we do for Christ will last. And so that's, that's true. It's going to live on past our, um, our lifespan here on earth. So anyway, let me get back to the book. Page 104, Fly Into the Pain. This is Rebecca talking. I read once that you have to go backward in order to go forward. When faced with loss, it can be tempting to simply leap toward the future and hope everything else will just resolve. But the issues of loss needs to be faced head on and dealt with if we're going to pursue the future in freedom. The phrase I used for this process was fly into the pain. That phrase came out of a conversation between Scott and his brother. My brother-in-law flew helicopters for the Air Force. One day in conversation, Scott asked him, what do you do if you are, you are attacked? Tom's answer was that missiles are usually said to go off at a specific distance. 
So when you find yourself under attack, you are supposed to turn your aircraft around and fly directly at the enemy. That way you quickly narrow the distance and the missiles fly past, exploding behind you. Fly into the attack. Fly into the pain. That phrase came with the understanding that if I turned and faced the issue of grief, I wouldn't be caught in the middle of the explosion. Brutal honesty. Maybe on this journey we don't want to use the word brutal. Intense would also work. Bottom line, be honest about what you're feeling. There are a lot of emotions flying around while you're in the valley. Grief, fear, doubt, loss, anger, betrayal. As we talked before about that, the only safe place to deal with all of them is in front of the Lord. I thought I had done that until I reread my journal in preparation for writing this book. As I read, I couldn't help but notice how many times I wrote the words, I'm mad. Usually they were written in relation to things I now had to do because Scott used to handle them. The car, taking the garbage out, yard work, paying the bills, and so on. I have to admit that there are moments when those things still make me mad. What I learned, though, is that God is not intimidated by our honesty. He would rather that we come right out and say what we think and feel instead of hiding in the bushes like Adam and Eve did. He knows anyway. Our hiding does not keep anything from him. It only encourages dishonesty in us. The psalmist felt free to air all of their emotions in front of God. My life is spent with grief, Psalms 31.10. I groan because of turmoil of my heart, Psalms 38.8. I am restless in my complaint, Psalms 55.2. I am weary with my crying. My throat is dry, Psalms 69.3. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me, Psalms 76.16. They even felt free to ask why and how long questions. See Psalms 10, verse 1, Psalms 42, 9, Psalms 88, 14, Psalms 13, 1, Psalms 83, 2. And these were their worship songs. So I remember before my husband died, he said, Lisa, you're going to be mad. But I've been praying that if God's not going to heal me, then he'd just go ahead and take me. But I told my mom, I said, you know, I felt everything but mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at him. He was sick. Sometimes I feel lost, I feel um, confused, I feel, um, you know, like, what do I do now? Those kind of things. It's like, I want to grow old with him. I wanted 50 years at least together. We didn't make it to 40. He's 38. But this year will be 40. Those kind of things. It's like, um, and I kept finding myself saying, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Not Mark, not me, not Dad, not God, you know, because he joined us together. But then I realized that God took Mark so I could write this book. God took him, took him from his pain. And my job is to finish, to finish what God started in us, whatever that might be, the ministry. Just um, sharing my husband's song. Um, he wrote a song, um, he wrote several songs, but one song in particular that I share on my podcast, I mean on my uh, devotional every Sunday, and I've said on this podcast from time to time, but that, um, just different things like that in that nature, um, but I'm not mad, I'm not mad at my husband, I love him so much, and I keep on saying, love covers a multitude of sins. Jesus' blood covers a multitude of sins. And forgiveness is a wonderful thing. And I'm talking about not his death, but just different things, you know, things in life like um, the fact that he did handle the finances. And so when he died, I don't know, um, you know, all the different details, but I made it this far. I'm making it this far. 
as long as every day I have a roof over my head and um, able to keep on going. You know, every, you know, I'm God's with me. God's my provider. He's watching out for me, and um, I know that my husband um, provided for me and and loved me and gave me all these different things. I have these tokens of His love throughout the years, the anniversaries, the gifts. The thing he bought me um, on my last, the last birthday that I had um, with him, and then of course he died in September on September second, my birthday, September eleventh. So he died before my fifty eighth birthday. But he had got me this on my fifty seventh. It says, "Lisa, the day I met you, I have found the one whom my soul loves. You complete me and make me a better person. I was a little late to be your first, but I want all my last to be with you. There is no pretending. I love you." And I will love you until I die. And if there's life after that, I'll love you then. I love you forever and always. Love, Mark. Got me stuff like that, you know, in a heart, a birthstone heart with his birthstone and my birthstone with our names engraved on it. Just little different things. He did some wood burning for me. Um, just different things. Wood, um, he made a family altar for us. Bookshelves. Some drawings. I got some of his artwork. Just different things, you know, that's very um, priceless treasures to me. And some of those things I'll take pictures and put in our book, hopefully. And um, the story, I'd say our book, because, you know, but it's the book I'm writing about him. But, of course, me and him is one, so I'm sure there'll be some things about me in there as well. Because that book could bring God glory. Oh, no, our marriage was not perfect. We had some things we look back and say, how? How did we go through that? Why did we go through some of those things? But life is hard, life is tough, but God is greater. And what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. And that's what kept us together. That's what kept us through the storms of life and love. Love. God's love and our love for one another. And so that's what we're talking about, life after grief. Losing a loved one is hard. And I'm sure you all have grief of different kinds. But if we keep on pointing others to the cross and us keep looking and us laying ourselves at the cross, you know, every day we have to die to ourselves and we've got to pick up our cross and follow him, follow Jesus. And he has laid it for us, us a crown of righteousness. We are going to win. We're going to win this race. We keep on being faithful. So God bless you. I love you. And um, keep on, keep on, keep on. That's all we can do. Thank you. Bye-bye.